listening to The Intersect. It's us, Noah Coot, and... Michael! I, I didn't know if you were going to say my name. Yeah, I was expecting you to. Oh well, you know, um, we never really planned this. It's always a little improvised, and that's what kind of keeps it fun for us, because, I don't know, over-planning stuff, not fun. Uh, How you been? It's been a little while since we last recorded, huh? Yeah, because we, we went on our relative, like, holiday breaks and i don't know all hell all hell broke loose hell broke loose uh, where are you at right now okay, right now i'm in boston i mean you should know that hey that's not hell. We, we 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 met up like was it tuesday so we met up like four days ago i am aware i'm aware we met up at a concert yeah of all places huh? i don't know it just kind of happened out of nowhere i was like a friend invited me to the concert because i was in the area and then I was like, yo, I should maybe ask you if you want to join in. And I did. And then uh, you showed up and my friend was there. And then all the three of us met up. Uh, we all know each other from high school. So it's kind of fun because being in Boston is where a lot of people we know from high school. And I don't know, we were in a relatively small high school. So a lot of people actually kept very well in touch from high school. Um, yeah, even though yeah. we went literally all over the place. Yep. But here we all yeah. are, and yeah, I even met the the, the third, the, the 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 Lebanese guy right after the day after. So I saw a bunch of people. Not, wait, not, Kareem oh, or Riyad? Guys. Oh my god! There's two of them. Riyad. Okay. Oh, two friends are Lebanese. Uh, is he still doing a, a barbecue next weekend? I want to go. I I don't know if he is, but uh, you can ask him, and he. Probably won't have a problem making any barbecue. Even though, like, it's freezing in Boston. Like, it's supposed to snow tonight again. But, yeah. How was your break? What do you do during your break? What did I do during my break? Um, I'm going to bring up something that uh, we both can talk about. And I'm going to keep that for yeah. the end. Do the fun um, stuff first. All right. So, I got back from college. And I think we already discussed uh -huh. all that. Um, I'm officially graduated. I now have a paper diploma. Um, for the online transcript, it's a little complicated. I have an online transcript available, but it's incorrect. Oh. Um, it says my graduation year is 22, but my graduation year is actually 21. But they fixed that. It should be December 21 uh, is when my official graduation like, was signed, whatnot. So that's just an interesting thing. But yeah, so now I'm done engineering. Uh, kind of just enjoy time at home, relaxing after school. And I've also now started doing job search, search but that's more recent. And uh, yeah, but during break for Christmas, what I did is other than being home, um, I went to Europe. I flew to Switzerland and then that same day, took a train to France, and I stayed with my family in France to celebrate Christmas. Um, actually, I missed my flight to my first flight to Switzerland, um, mainly because I couldn't get a PCR test in time. <laughs> and uh, the place I tested at sent me my results an hour and a half after the plane left, Yo, which feels you that's know, so not fair. A bit like r rubbing salt in my wound, wound but. Not an issue. Uh, I had friends who I could stay with for a night, and I already talked to the airline, and they had no issues changing my ticket to a plane the next day. There was space available for me, so that was good. So, 
I don't know. I just had to uh, take a flight 24 hours later, but I don't really mind because I still got on a plane and got to see the family right in time for Christmas. Um, and then after everything we did, I did over in France, I went to Germany and then I celebrated a little bit of a post Christmas celebration there with my family. Um, so I got to see both sides of the family and, uh, I stayed there for a little while due to circumstances. And then after Germany, I came back to France, spent a few more days there till I was finally cleared to travel. I think that's a hint to the circumstances. <laughs> and uh, when I was finally cleared to travel, um, I came back home and then started getting a little more serious with my job search, but also spent a little bit more time communicating with my friends in the area and doing a little bit more me things just for fun. So during the weekends, like I went out to Boston and went to a concert and whatnot, and that was fun. But I'm sure because uh, you had that issue too quite recently, but... I tested positive for COVID-19, finally got it while I was traveling in Germany. Um, kind of unavoidable considering that we had quite a few people at our family event and no matter how safe everyone was, turns out the Omicron variant, it's hella contagious. Like it spreads so easily. I am impressed by how easily diseases can spread like that. And Nobody was feeling sick also like when we were there. So it's certainly not a thing you can feel or test for beforehand because we all had our little take-home tests. I know they're not completely reliable and stuff like that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take some mental comfort in the fact that I'm likely not the one who brought it to the family considering that I had to do three different times testing since I've been traveling and all that stuff, but yeah. Um, COVID-19 hit me. Uh, it was actually very mild. It was mainly a sore throat for me, but I just didn't really get to spend the most exciting New Year's, if anything. Um, but yeah, no, otherwise I was chilling and, uh, it gave me a few more weeks to stay in Europe. One and a half more, yeah, a, a, a week and a half more to stay in Europe. And so I was just kind of splurging on snacks and food over there while I could and just enjoying uh, whatever there was and enjoying spending time with family because I wasn't allowed to travel. Honestly, not the worst situation ever. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I'm glad that you and your family are safe and fine. Um, my break was I spent the month of December literally isolating from everyone because I knew Christmas I was going to go see the family and, you know, I wanted to avoid like getting them sick. So I didn't do outside of one dinner. I went to like early December. I didn't go out. And then I'm here for Christmas with my family. Everyone's here. We're all having fun. And then New Year's, we go to like Rhode Island, chilled there for a couple of days. It was fun. Then my sister, it was her 16th birthday. And she wanted to just go around New York city. And then like, um, we, we go see one of my friends, like we hang out. Uh, he's feeling sick, but he tests negative for for COVID. That same day, my mom's also feeling sick, also tests negative for COVID. So we're like, okay, I guess we're fine. Then we drive back up to Boston because uh, I had a um, I had to do something at DRMV, uh, which got closed because of a snowstorm. And then that day, I got it like, I just started feeling sick. The next day, I test positive for COVID, even though like, you know 
everyone who was feeling sick got tested beforehand. I didn't feel sick until like way later. And then every, uh, I'm staying at my grandparents' house. So this is, uh, this is like one half of the birthplace of, of this, in, of this podcast, because at my grandparents' place, there's my little cousins, there's my grandparents, there's my aunt, everyone, my siblings, my mom, all got COVID. <laughs> and yeah, I was fine for a couple of days. One of my little cousins, literally 12 hours. That's he was only sick for twelve hours. Uh, the older people were sick for a lot longer, but everyone's safe and fine. And you know, we're all happy. Like we're safe. It helps being vaccinated because apparently I have distant family relatives in New York who didn't get um, who didn't get vaccinated, and they have a funeral. So that's that. Distant relatives didn't get vaccinated, huh? I don't, dude. I, I don't know if it's like uh, immigrant families, Haitian families, whatever. Like, it's like my grandfather's cousin, blah blah blah, or something like that. I have no idea. But Darren, honestly, um, no. But I was just making me think because there was a uh, ambulance that passed by Christmas night um, through the little tiny town my grandmother lives in, and. Because rumors spread in those kind of very rural communities in the countryside. Um, we heard that it was actually some guy from a family where nobody vaccinated. And then he ended up getting sick and died later on. But the thing was, he wasn't vaccinated from what I heard. And so it clearly seems like if people are not vaccinated, there is like... I don't know, from the small pool of people I kind of know or have seen, like, not really know, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. have somehow encountered. It seems like the majority of people who have had a death related to this virus is usually because they haven't been vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, like, my grandfather is, like, uh, how old is he? Like, 83 years old. If you look at the COVID death rates, it's really high for his age range. And, like, everyone was worried about that, but he's fine. He's back to running around and doing things that no one his age should do, like, I don't know, taking out the trash, randomly going to downtown Boston without telling anyone, you know, typical old people stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's really, it's, it's a comfort. And also, just once again, vaccines are not meant to prevent disease. That's a whole different category of medicine that, for the most part, does not exist. Vaccines are meant to prevent serious illness and death. And it's important that, like, we understand that and just understand what it is for and what it's not for. Yeah. And I'm great. I, for one, am grateful for that. And, but yeah. So we, actually, it's, it's kind of like a thing. It's like, we've been talking about this for, like, was it two years now two and a half years and like this is the first time like we've really experienced it like outside of like the uh lockdowns etc like we actually got the freaking virus and i mean i kind of want to say i'm happy that i got the virus at the time i got it because i got to stay (laughs) in europe a little bit longer so that's that and also, um, I think 
it is true that if you've had the virus before you have uh, and you're recovered, you I think you have evidence um, that like you're allowed to use as evidence to be able to travel and you don't really need to worry so much about all the testing and stuff. You can just show a document that said you're positive in the last six months and recovered and you should be fine. But it's really easy to get back to traveling and stuff because if you take a PCR test, it's really likely it'll turn out positive because you've had the antibodies in your um, system that had to fight the disease before. Yeah. I mean, it's also just like it's an extra level of immunity. Like natural immunity is a thing and better to have Omicron than to have Delta or whatever new variant is out there. And you're seeing this across the U.S. Uh, COVID, Omicron rates, uh, in terms of like a uh, virus contagiousness, like in the Northeast, it's starting to go down. In the Northwest, it's starting to go down. Um, it's still taxing for a lot of hospitals. A lot of hospitals in rural areas are taxed to the brim, where they're run out of hospital capacity, and you know. Oh, what I didn't believe was when I saw those numbers that with a new variant, it's been going like way over, um, what do you say? It's got, yeah, it's, it's beaten all the previous records, but it's something we've known for a long while. Yeah. I mean, there's this hope that this variant, because of how just contagious it is, that it kind of blankets... And the fact that it's relatively mild compared to the previous variants? Yeah, that it'll give people, like, a, it'll sort of... It'll be like a, a, a protection, a blanket of protection, like, of immunity for people. And it, it's one way to stop a pandemic. Um, everyone catches it. It's not the ideal way, but it's not the... Uh, it is a It is way. a way. And again, let's be thankful that it was Omicron that everyone got and not, I don't know, Delta. Yeah. Um, and also because it's on such a global scale, hopefully even the countries that are more vulnerable, it's true, like, you know, the countries where you tend to have these extremely high infection rates in terms of the population, um, it might actually help build up immunity over in those areas too, which will help produce a chance of a future variant mutating because more people are going to be resistant to the current variant. Yeah. yeah, not the ideal way, but in the world we live in, I guess this is the best we can hope for. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of tired of talking about Corona, but I just thought it was interesting because we fo finally I got it. Finally you got it. Yeah. I want to say we're experts of having Corona, but we definitely like... we, we... Oh, I'm no expert. I've had friends who've had it like three times or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is it? We're freshmen. We we just finished our freshman year of COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Some people have caught it multiple times. I, my mom's caught it twice. Like, it's something. But yeah, I think we should go on a break because I don't know. Just thinking of COVID just makes me tired. Yeah. Valid. All right. We'll be back after this short break. And we're back. So let's go international. I don't know. I U.S. domestic news has been relatively boring. Um, okay, well, cool. What's happening in the world right now? I don't know. Everywhere I'm turning my head to, I see news about Russia. 
and uh, not really Russia. It's more about Ukraine. But the, the reason everyone's worried about Ukraine is because Russia. Yeah, I mean, in a in a, in a couple of months or eventually, it could just all be called Russia. There might not be a Ukraine. Yeah. Um, just don't think about telling Russia to stop because they already told you, your mom, and your pet not to take any action around Ukraine. Yeah, and prevent you from talking to Ukraine ever again. Um, so yeah, let's explain this. So Russia has been, uh, Russia and Ukraine have had a very interesting history of Russian interference in Ukraine. And TLDR, it used to be part of the Soviet Union, then it the Soviet Union broke up, Ukraine became its own country, then Ukraine started getting close to the U.S. and the West, and Russia's not happy about that. In 2014, I believe, they started invading Crimea, and they took it apart, and then they, Russia funded separatist movements in eastern Ukraine uh, to fight the government. Anyways, that's, um, that's the quick recap, historical recap. And so... Starting in December, Russia started amassing a large number of troops, that number in the tens of thousands across the border from Ukraine. And they've been and they've been pumping disinformation and propaganda towards the Ukrainian people. There have been statements that says that like um, there are statements made by the UK and the US that assert that Russia is trying to plant some sort of, some sort of false flag operation to install a puppet in the Ukrainian government. And um, so it's it's a lot. And right now, the, the world waits and postures into what could happen because Russia could invade Ukraine. And we don't know what the consequences of that would be. There have been hints of what those consequences could be, but we're not sure. And, you know, this is the first time in, I want to say, 1936, 38. When did Russia and Germany invade Poland? Uh, Are you talking about World War II now? <laughs> I was just saying, like, this is the last time a country is, like, getting ready to, like, invade another country since World War II. Mm. At least in Europe. What was Tibet? In Europe. Uh, Okay, I was I was about to say. No, uh, Tibet. Yeah, Tibet was already part of China. It's just that they, China invaded and they removed the autonomous, like government. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think because I want to say there have been like smaller scale invasions, civil wars. Uh, yeah, Iraq like took Kuwait. Um... No, no, oh. no, in Europe, but like in oh, the yeah, Balkans. Oh yeah, the Balkans. Those damn Balkans. Don't forget the Balkans. They're part of Europe. <laughs> Um, was it out of? But like I would say, in terms of a major country, I mean, I guess all countries are major, but Ukraine is a. I feel a little more influential in the world than some other countries. Ukraine's a little bit more um, notable than uh, what is it, uh, Georgia, Kosovo or something. Yeah, Kos yeah, Kosovo is pretty small. Um, but yeah. So there's all of that. And the U.S. has threatened anywhere from... Uh, the U.S. is not threatening military action against Russia because, uh, fun fact, Russia still has the second largest number of nukes in the world, or largest, either way, enough to destroy the U.S. several times over. 
and we, we, we have enough to destroy Russia several times over too. So mutual assured destruction is still well and alive. But the U.S. has threatened um, the complete economic collapse of the Russian economy, which ranges anywhere from the U I, the U.S. Uh, blacklisting every uh, Russian company from being able to access anything like I don't know more advanced than like anything that involves the use of silicone and chips. So preventing Russia from developing 5G, preventing them from any sort of nation computing uh, uh, company or economy in Russia. Uh, that's on the lower end. On the higher end, the U.S. is, uh, the US is considering barring any Russian ca company from having any foreign transactions, period. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> I don't know. It's... Uh, I if you destroy Russia, I just eggs. feel like it's not going to be, um, I don't think this is going to go down easily. Um, the only thing is, I mean, if Ukraine somehow ended up being EU or NATO, then it would all be over for that drama with Russia. But I mean, that's precisely what Russia, uh, Russia has come to the table and offered these terms allow them to do whatever the hell they want to do in Ukraine and never allow Ukraine to ever join the EU or NATO or even talk about joining the EU and NATO, which if, you know, you're negotiating, that's not really a strong point and it's a concern. And right now, in terms of geopolitics, the US and Europe are trying to maintain a united front but for some reason, one country doesn't want to seem to fall in line. <coughs> Germany. Um, what did Germany ever do to you? Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll explain it. So, the U.S. and the U.S., U.K., France, uh, and other uh, nations, NATO nations, and slash European nations, have provided aid to U Ukraine in this moment of crisis, and Germany has said no. Germany is the only European country to not offer any sort of support to the Ukrainian government. And this is part of a long-running controversy with, um, what is it called? The Nord Stream 2 pipeline, in a way that uh, Russia is a... Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, um, B1M. Uh, <laughs> yes, so <laughs> B1M. I think it's the second time we named up this, uh, this YouTube channel on the podcast. Um Another TLDR, Russia is a large manufacturer of natural gas and energy. Germany has to import a lot of your natural gas and energy and this pipeline. Because we also decided to shut down all our nuclear plants. Yeah, thanks a lot, Angela Merkel. The, one of the biggest things I have a disagreement with is Angela Merkel. Um, anyways, uh, so this Nord Stream 2 pipeline would bypass Ukraine and essentially provide more natural, like, Increase the amount of natural gas traveling from Russia to Germany while getting rid of uh, cutting Ukraine out of the deal, which in theory would lower Germany's skyrocketing uh, energy prices. And yeah, so Germany's so far seems to be the only country who's reticent to help Ukraine or even really say anything substantive of the matter. And it's just interesting. Again, last time Germany and Russia agreed to team up against a country. Did not end well. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, well, it didn't end well for many people, but generally, where a war doesn't end well for yeah. anyone. Technically, for the two of them, at least they got new territory. But the, the, let's not talk about whether or not it was a good thing for people, because it certainly was. Okay, and also, let's be clear, I'm making fun. I don't think we're going to enter World War Three in the next coming months. Or at least, God, I hope so. Uh, so, but yeah. Well, um, time to see if that whole thing you had to do for military draft will finally be put to use. Let's oh, the go. selective service. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I finally signed up to that thing because you know you have to for student loans. But yeah. <sighs> I have done it too because you had to do it even as a green card holder. Um. Anyways, interestingly enough, I have decided. Well, that was actually a thing I discussed when I did my citizenship. But um, when it comes to the selective service, at least for people who naturalize, you know you have the option to say that you want to be a non-combatant volunteer if it comes to drafting. Therefore, they cannot actually make you hold a gun and go into war. They can have you help out the military, but they can't have you be an active soldier in the military. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm going to preface this. I've only seen this trailer of this movie, and I don't remember, but I think it was in Hacksaw Ridge. They had this guy who had, also, I don't know if this is legal or not, who said he was a religious, and he's like, I have a sincerely held moral belief that I can't kill or use a weapon. And they like, yep. so if that's still a thing, I'm going to get Oh, I have done it on moral yeah. grounds. It, yes. Um, if I need to get a priest to, if I need to get a priest to sign, sign that, I'll, I'll do it. Like, if you can use it to get out of a COVID, uh, of a COVID vaccine or testing, because some people have done that, then might as well do it to get out of war. Yeah. Although the thing is, it's not because you're trying to get out of war. You will still be helping the war effort. It's just that you won't be on the front line shooting. You'll instead be the one suffering in the back, having to uh, reload all their magazines and stuff. Or I would guess since I do electrical engineering, I'll be like out there taking care of radars and communication systems. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the military has a lot of jobs. It's not all lethal and they have need a lot of technical expertise and like administrative. The truth is they probably won't send draftees to the first lines just like that. They would avoid it. Yeah. We have the second or third largest active standing military. So, and then we have a huge reserve system. Yep. But yeah, so that's Europe. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I want to do this theme. We're going to hit every continent because I have news from every continent. Uh, in Africa, Burkina Faso, one of the poorest countries in the world, had a coup. And yeah, that's all I have for Africa. Um, although it is my goal to learn more stuff about different countries. They're having the African World Cup, uh, the African uh, Union, like uh, soccer uh, thing right now, and like Malawi is doing really good, outperforming major countries. So, let's go, uh, the African Cup for soccer. In um, in South America, uh, Chile elected the youngest president ever, world leader ever, at like thirty three years old, and I'll. S- what country is buying Bitcoin? I think it's El Salvador. Uh, El Salvador. Yeah, they decided to double down on uh, Bitcoin, buying even more Bitcoin, even though, you know, 
the value of Bitcoin has dropped by a quarter since like the new year. But you know, buy the dip, guys. It's definitely gonna go up. Uh, so yeah, that's South America, Asia. Uh, let's see, what do we have? Uh, Arm says uh, Nvidia says it's no, it no longer thinks it'll be able to acquire Arm anymore. Um, so that's a pretty big deal in the chip news, and also. The Winter Olympics in Beijing are happening soon, and Beijing. Yeah, did that snow out there? I don't know. I just know that I'm guessing since they have the Winter Olympics. Um. Well, I don't know if it's gonna be in Beijing because I don't see any mountains in that area. No, I live. Um, I think it's called the Beijing Olympics. I like the sec. It's. I guess it'll be the second Beijing Olympics because they had the summer one. I mean, technically, it's a Vancouver, but I'm guessing Vancouver isn't exactly. Where the mountains are. Um, I mean, Vancouver is deep. No, that's British Columbia. No, Vancouver. They had mountains in Vancouver. The issue with Vancouver is that it was too warm. I'm guessing they're gonna have the same issues. Yeah, no, it's called Beijing. It's the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. Like, what was it? It was uh, South Korea had them in Sochi. Sochi is Russia. Oh wait, what did there was something in Korea? Uh, Pyeongchang. No, uh, no, 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 wait, also, Russia was, wait, was it? Sochi, Sochi was, uh, was, was Russia. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was the one that was kind of like in that warmish area, but still had mountains of snow. That was actually the oh. warmest Winter Olympics, and also the most expensive Olympics, period. Uh, so yeah, the 2018 one were, uh, were Pyeongchang in South Korea. Uh, sorry if I butchered that spelling, uh, that pronunciation i didn't think i was gonna talk about korea um but yeah so despite all the political issues yeah pyeongchang is actually like a small town it's not that big a town yeah. so uh, but it had, it's like a big mountain resort area cool i don't know i was just interested in seeing that so they're naming it beijing but i'm certainly expecting it not to be in beijing is beijing like huge like, you know how, like, some cities are, like, a lot bigger than what you think the actual city is? Um, yes, like, and China is a bit like that. Like, Noah, you know where I'm staying at my grandparents? It's, like, it's technically part of the city of Boston, but it's not really, like, Boston. Yeah. Um, or I guess for uh, Queens, you think Manhattan is New York City, but, like, Queens and Brooklyn and Staten Island are a thing, kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. So, okay. We hit Europe, Africa, South America, and Asia. And I guess we could just save our tech news from, for North America. I was going to say, actually, I'm just quickly looking at it. Beijing is like the size of one of those, at least the city itself is about the size of a European micronation. Like I would say it's not too different in size from Luxembourg. <laughs> Um, I don't quote me on that because I'm not looking at any data with numbers. I'm just comparing it on Google Maps on my phone. Make sure um, you're not getting the Mercator projection. Like, yeah, that's also <laughs> part of it. So, anyways, um, I'm just saying though, from what I like, looks like that the I don't know how China organizes cities, but it seems like they kind of do like the whole city is almost a whole province. It's something like that. I don't know. Um, 
It's big. That's all I'm we gonna say. We should have a China expert. We should have one. Bring, bring, bring our favorite Chinese friend in. I have that's, no, I, I have no idea what friend. you, how you were going there. <laughs> bring Floney on. She's a game developer. Our favorite game developer. You know, you uh, check out Yoke. Well, at least certainly we prefer her over Activision Blizzard. Um, <laughs> about that. Wow. We're going to talk okay. about that. This is a after the break. <laughs> great segue. We're going to talk about that after the break. <laughs> fine, fine. All right, we got a break coming up. And we're back. So, while <laughs> while we were all enjoying the holidays, while we were probably shut in at home because I don't know, COVID, it's cold, snowstorms, blizzards. Um Microsoft decided to spend $68.7 billion on one of the largest game gaming companies in the world, Activision Blizzard. Wait, can you do me a favor quickly? Yes. Can you round that number? $69 billion. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, well... As the blizzard was happening, they decided to literally just buy the blizzard off, and then it went away. Yeah, Not really how it works. <laughs> Anyways, interesting, because wasn't it just like a month earlier, um, the whole company was along a bunch of accusations of some form of sexual assault and issues like that in the company? Well, it was a little bit over a month about that, but if you guys really want to hear details of what happened in Activision Blizzard, you should... A listen to our one of our podcasts that we made last uh, in, late last year that talks about it. Um, yeah, I have I have no idea w what the episode is called, but yeah, we we talked about Activision Blizzard and all their issues, and I'll link it. I'll, I'll link the episode at the bottom in the description of this episode if you guys want to hear more about it. Anyways. Um, so yeah, because of, since then, uh, because of those issues and allegations, Blizzard lost about 30 to 40% of their value. So because of all the things that came out about their CEO, Bobby Codex, and like just a company culture, including the mistreatment of their staff, um, of their specific game studio called Raven Staff, which we didn't really go over much in last in the episode we talked about Activision Blizzard, but all these corporate issues, Blizzard went from being worth over a hundred billion dollars to a measly sixty-nine billion. Um, so Microsoft actually got this. This is a sale. Uh, like they saw something on sale, and Microsoft decided to buy this company. Now, mind you, mm, sixty-nine billion dollar sale. Mm. <laughs> Although, you know, actually Microsoft, it does make a lot of sense that they purchased yes. them. Uh, mind you, this deal is, is a, it's a huge deal at $69 billion. I think it's uh, Microsoft's largest acquisition by a factor of three because LinkedIn was about $20 billion. It dwarfs the second largest uh, move by, uh, by a gaming company, which was uh, er also earlier this year when Take-Two Interactive bought um zynga for 12 billion dollars the facebook game company <laughs> yes 
The Farmville people? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, they got bought. I haven't heard anything about Zygna since. Apparently, they're worth $12 billion. I mean, uh, they made a bunch of games, and they were actually making quite a bit of money after Farmville. It's just that it became... I think it's like they started rolling out so many games that at this point, you didn't realize that they were all Zygna. Yeah. In terms of social gaming or something. But the problems I remember, they were all browser-based games, not mobile games. I wonder if they switched that no, up. No, they too. have a decent number of mobile games. But yeah. So okay. this deal would make Microsoft the third largest gaming company in the world by revenue? Or the US? One or the other. I think it's world. Isn't Tencent the largest in the yes. world? Or something like that? I think it would be Tencent is number one. I think number two would be Sony. And then... If this deal goes through, it would be Microsoft. I'm wondering if Valve would be considered one of the biggest because they just make so much money off sales without really actually developing anything. Oh, yes. App stores and their monopolies. Um, well, it, Valve doesn't sell hardware, though. and No, they do. Uh, no, Not a significant portion of their sales come from hardware. Maybe that will change in the near future depending on... How popular that device yeah, is. Because uh, they do sell hardware. I'm sorry. I just had to point that yeah. out. No, but it's like if you look at the biggest gaming companies in the biggest companies in the world, period, is they make a lot of money off of software, but they also have a hardware component that locks you in. So Tencent does? Tencent? No, it's just no. Tencent just buys everything. Tencent buys everything and also just makes all the money with, like, what is also, it? Also, don't the they own... In-app purchases Don't they own uh, WeChat? Loot Crates. Tencent owns WeChat. Yeah. Which in China basically is the equivalent of having a hardware monopoly. Like the lock-in effect. Well, basically, it's a monopoly on all services. Yeah, so they're like... Uh... You can buy the phone you want from Huawei or uh, what's the other name? Apple, uh, Xiaomi, uh, Oppo, Xiaomi, Xiaomi, or Apple too. But um, you're gonna be using WeChat on your phone, no matter what phone you yes, buy. Yes, because I'm surprised they just haven't made their own operating system yet. But I guess they don't have to deal with it. They're your own operating system. In in China, you don't have to leave the WeChat app to do anything. Payments there, that shopping there, everything is in WeChat. It's a super app. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Tencent owns Supercell, which for our American audience makes Clash of Clans and Clash Royale. And I'm sure they have another famous game that I don't know off the top of my head. There was a one which was uh, the Battle... Battle Royale? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, yes. Um, Clash of Clans people... That game was fun while I played it back yeah, then. Yeah, people still play it. Um, it's one of the biggest games currently. I'm sure... Well, I mean, it was a really fun game in concept, but you know what? I don't have patience for those kind of games anymore. Yeah. Um, anyways, so going back to the deal, Sony's stock went down 20% So uh, off the announcement of the deal. Uh, this was the same day that the FTC, the Federal Trade uh, Committee, Committee, said that they would have a stricter... Uh, stricter rules regarding acquisitions and mergers and microsoft thinks that this deal won't finally close until for another like maybe two three years which is in terms of uh, business acquisitions a really long effing time and even just the way they talked about this announcement is weird so phil spencer 
the head of of, uh, of Xbox gets promoted to CEO of Microsoft Gaming, which basically just implies that uh, as soon as Microsoft takes over the company, Bobby Kotich out because uh, Microsoft wants to clean up the culture of Activision Blizzard, which we have actively talked about is hella toxic. And so if you look at Phil Spencer's letter to to the to the gaming division of Microsoft, they're talking about the games, all the stuff they could do with the IPs, improving Game Pass, et cetera, et cetera, and also improving comp- uh, the corporate culture of Activision Blizzard. And But if you look at the letter written by uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, he talks about the metaverse. Ew, wait, no, 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 no. Don't bring it up, please. <laughs> Satya Nadella says the... The acquisition of Activision Blizzard will significantly improve Microsoft's standing in the metaverse as it enters. No, ah, oh, that word is absolutely gross. Oh, I can't listen anymore. Oh, please stop. No. If I have to listen to every company talk about it, you have to. I'm dragging I you down with me. I'm going to call it the Zuckerverse. No. I want. I just yes. want. Fine, if we're gonna have a metaverse, I just, it's the Zuckverse. Okay, if we're gonna have a metaverse, I don't, I just want a company that's not Facebook to run it. Or, sorry, it's not Facebook anymore, meta, but it's kind of like how wasn't it something along the lines of like Facebook is now building a new data center specifically for the metaverse and they have something like 30,000 um GPUs that they ordered to uh power the server with? I just know that Facebook is committing to. Sp- that's where all the GPUs are going. <laughs> all I know is Facebook is committed. Fucking Zuck at it again. <laughs> Just like ruining everything. No. <laughs> First he ruined democracy, now he's ruining GPUs. <laughs> the supply chain. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I know Facebook is spending $10 billion a year on the Zuckerverse. Uh, Microsoft has, has been invested in this space for a while with the HoloLens and amongst other products. And and now with a 70, $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard, um, Dave, uh, Google has been working on uh, different sort of VR stuff, whether that's a Daydream, et cetera, whatever. Google never, or Google Glass is, is essentially part of this metaverse, but who remembers Google Glass anymore? Um, Apple is reportedly developing a headset that should come out any time now, along with the Apple car that involves the metaverse. Um, fucking Nike is talked about the metaverse. Disney says Disney Plus is the entry to the metaverse. Um, I, but I don't see it. I don't understand how any of this relates to metaverse. It's just it's it's a buzzword. It means nothing. It has absolutely no meaning anymore. I know. This is why it's funny. I think it was I don't remember what company. I wanna say it was Starbucks. Starbucks talked about being part of the metaverse. Look, our podcast is part of the metaverse because I'm sure that someone's gonna develop an app one day to listen to your podcasts while interacting with the metaverse. You know, actually, we we Whoa. have a, starting in 20, we have an actual logo now for Factional Media, the parent company of The Intersect. And I don't know, we could sell that as an NFT, Noah, as part of the metaverse. 
Like, no, we could have Metaverse no, merch. No, I, I do not get permission <laughs> to sell my content, my creations as NFTs on the Metaverse. No, it's not selling your creations. It's just merch on the Metaverse. Okay, as merch is acceptable, but I am not letting you sell the logo I designed. No, we're not selling the logo. I'm saying we're selling merch <laughs> that has the logo for the Metaverse. Okay, true. No, you know, actually, you know what? I'm fine with that. But you take care of it. You can give me part of the cuts, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I mean, hell, this podcast is, is part of the Metaverse. Yeah, we'll sell each episode as an NFT. I, and then that means, or no, we'll just like sell, sell clips of us saying things. Yeah, we'll, we'll do like a best of and like the best clips will sell as NFTs, ad free and whatever, you know. Okay, here's here's one for you guys. All right. All you have to do is you can buy this next word I'm going to say is an NFT. Motherfucker. <laughs> there you go. Great. And I don't know how it will work, but in the metaverse, I imagine you could like somehow have an option to just play back audio NFTs, and you'll just ha- be able to like announce to everyone my voice saying, "Motherfucker!" God damn it, motherfucker! I want to buy a Samuel, uh, Samuel L. Jackson uh, saying "motherfucker." <laughs> I, I, I don't want to buy that NFT, Noah. Thank you. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, Samuel Jackson motherfuckers to, uh, you know, give around. It's like I said it twice. Well, actually three times by now. So you could sell it three different versions of me saying that one word. Yeah. I want to have the one, though, from the Snakes in a Plane movie. <laughs> There's too many motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking book. I haven't, I, I don't remember the exact line. I feel like it was like that. Yeah, but I'm going to buy that line as an NFT if I can replay it however yeah. I want. I have family who listen to this <laughs> podcast. This is great. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but yeah. So, NFT stuff coming whenever we have sold out, sold our souls and whatever. Uh, whenever you sell your soul and I'm just there um, looking away. Yeah. Uh, is there any other tech news that's important? CES happened. That was fun. Um, oh, the Arc, uh, the Arc GPUs from uh, Intel. So basically, Intel is now also going to the graphics market, and is, um, I don't know. They just seem to always be announcing a little bit more and giving a little bit more information on the new GPUs. But sh- they should release this year. Um, so I'm yeah, gonna, Intel. And, I'm gonna keep an eye out for that. Yeah, Intel announced a twenty billion dollar investment in Ohio for a new chip man- uh, chip manufacturing uh, factory. Uh, TSMC, $50 billion. Arm might, I said ARM might go, uh, might IPO. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for tech news. In terms of like intersect, uh, intersect and factional stuff, we're committed to being more consistent in our episodes and releasing them. We're opening up a blog so... that soon will start having articles that we write regularly on. Uh, for tech, but it's part of factual media content. Yes. Yeah, uh, all podcasts. Maybe we might start a different show. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. Um, depending on how big the tech side of things go, we were considering actually separating tech into its own section, and then this show would be exclusively current events. And I don't know. 
I feel like if people are more interested in tech, they certainly will listen to the tech side. If people are more interested in current events, they'll listen to this, and will certainly allow you to get more of either content if you like both. Yeah, and honestly, as shitty as 2022 has been so far, and oh boy, what a start of the year. I'm excited. I mean, I started 2022 um, sick and riddled of coronavirus disease. The Rona. I was just riddled with the Rona to start the year. So it can only get better now. Um, unless I somehow have like testicular <laughs> cancer at the end of this year. <laughs> Don't say it out loud. Now it's going to happen, Noah. Ah, shit. Uh, hopefully, I, I think I'm still a little too young to worry much about that, but, you know. <laughs> Anyways. I'm just thinking of that South Park episode where they have giant ball sacks. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> this is our first episode back. This is great. I'm loving it. It's great. Um, anyways, thank you guys for listening. We're excited to be here in this new year with you guys. And can't wait for what 2022 has for us. I'm sure all of it will be great. And nothing bad will happen. Anyways, let's hope. Get your draft cards ready and see you next week. All right. Bye bye. I'm going to go uh, back to playing some Minecraft. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs>